Morning, team. Thank you, Anthony. I can't tell you what he's just done because it'll ruin it'll ruin what he's just done. So I'm not going to tell you. Anyway, trust you well. We just I forgot to sign in. Actually, I was too busy chatting because we get we get barely seconds at the end of the program. So by the time he's tidied up next door and then he's coming to uh, this side, like Stella Black here, isn't it? Doing when she goes, oh, we'll see if they're in. She dials the number and at the same time she's reading it, but she can't read it because people will just copy the number and they're there for the people go like that down the phone. So nobody does it anymore. Anyway, it's all doom and gloom over at uh, over ITV, apparently, down on the South Bank, because they've suddenly realised, and they realised, I think, the other week, that what they can do is they can axe two programmes over the weekend, and they can rehash this morning with Holly Willabooby and, uh, and Scofield, and they, can, they don't need to have anybody introducing it. At one time, they were going to have somebody there... Intro- they don't need to now. They just put it together as a compilation programme, and um, it doesn't cost them anything. You just pay a VT engineer, but they've got them there anyway, and they just collect it. And so then they think, wait a minute, we can do this throughout the day. Because as we run GMTV, we can do that, and this morning, and we can call it ITV Today. And that's apparently what they're going to do. So already, every member of staff on Lorraine Kelly's show has been offered voluntary redundancy. And they've said, uh, they've also axed that children's programme that goes out on a Saturday morning with Jamie and Anna... I can't remember what the programme's called, but they're doing a little studio, and that's done from down there. That's gone. Uh, Penny Smith's uh, going, or has gone, and they're saying that they they definitely want want to keep Lorraine Kelly, but they haven't quite decided in which time slot. Now, at the moment, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Lorraine Kelly's deal is that she does so many live programmes and so many pre-recorded programmes, so she can go back home to Scotland. And a lot of people do this. Alan Titchmarsh show does it. Loose Women does it. So what they do is they use studio time and they say, right, so we'll now do an extra programme. So you will notice on the Loose Women show where they will put people on there and it doesn't matter when they were when they were recorded because it's just a general show. They won't do anything to do with the day's papers. It's quite clever, really, I suppose. Uh, oh, my God, this, you know, it does this every day, this computer. I think it's just tiddling about. It just drives me mad. You sort of start faffing around with it and it puts itself onto, uh, onto different bits and pieces. But anyway, we've sorted that out now. So 84850, uk. So I'm going to watch ITV quite carefully because I think that's quite interesting to do these strands where they can just marry things up. And people quite like clip programmes. We'll be doing it with radio stations shortly. We did discover the other day, in fact, we were talking about it on the programme, about radio stations where if it was, say, a gold station... Does it matter that you've got somebody introducing it, saying, this is the Bee Gees, this is the Beatles, this is something else? Or could you just have back-to-back music? So it's like listening to your iPod in the car. Could you eventually... I mean, you couldn't do that on a station like LBC. Thank God. Because it has to be up-to-date. No point reading out the paper from three weeks ago, is there? So you'd have to have a voice doing it, and then you'd have to have somebody recording it. And if they're going to record it, they might as well come in and do it live. There's no point in faffing around. But if it, if it was a music station, and it was something like gold or, dare I say, classical music, you could just have an ident in between three or four pieces of music. And, in fact, if you've got a DAB radio, the name of the track could come up on the DAB radio. So uh, you, it would say, you know, you're listen- you think, I wonder what I'm listening to then. They go, this is Shostakovich. Third Symphony, blah, 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 Warsaw, Pact, Concerto, Number, D Major, Minor, whatever it is. And you just go, oh, right, that's what it is. Because I wonder how many people listen to the radio, like I do. And, of course, now, you- well, actually, it doesn't make any difference, does it? If, you, if you've got an iPhone and you've got Shazam on there, makes no difference. You just sort of click onto Shazam, hold it up to the uh, speaker, and Shazam will go <sighs> calculating, and then it comes back with what the tune is. 
So you don't even need to worry about that. I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be the way forward. There must be radio stations throughout the world where they, where they do this, this kind of thing. But I, I, I did think it was interesting in this day and age. Anyway, being Friday today, we absolutely love your company. Managed to get over the budget. Did you understand the budget? Did you understand everything? You should have done. It was analysed quite well yesterday on LBC, so at least people had a, a rough idea what was going on. All you wanted to know, though, is, am I going to be better off? Nobody ever wants to know, because you always are, aren't you? You're always worse off. So it's a bit, bit of a pointless exercise, but every year people go, oh, I'm this, I'm that. Is, is my pension going to go up? No. Uh, are my cigarettes going up? Yes. Is my drink going up? Yes. Is my council tax going up? Absolutely. Is petrol going up? Yes. Right, so I'm worse off. Well, technically, yes. But if you take it in a whole and you look at the tax savings over, say, 15 years, the answer is you're probably 10 pence a week better off. And people go, oh, riveting, that's good, isn't it? And so you go to your employer and you go, is there any chance of a pay increase? And they go, <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and so you go, well, you know, go to the bank. And I remember going in there and I said, how do I stand for a loan? He said, well, first of all, you get on your knees and, uh, and you start with that way because they're, they're not keen either nowadays because they're going, well, can you pay it back? I go, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I could go into the cannabis production business because that one, there's a couple in the paper today, they call them the, what do they call them, the flower pot men or something, 62 million quid's worth. Admittedly, admittedly they're in prison, but, you know, they got the 62 million quid in, which is not bad. <laughs> Apparently, even as I speak, John says, the people at Classic and Gold are building a, a hanging scaffolding in Leicester Square for me. <laughs> the daring to suggest it. But I do see that. I, I see that happening in, in the future, where, where you won't have as many presenters or, or disc jockeys. Presenters you'll have to have, because they are people who reflect what everybody's thinking. I mean, if you woke up in the morning and I wasn't here, you go into a dreadful state. I know you do, because you write in and go, oh, dreadful when you were off dreadful can't cope without you and, and so that's different but i wonder if people write in the same to people who work on other radio stations and sort of say Gee, that was dreadful that piece of classical music just wasn't the same without being introduced by you or i heard the beatles the other day and herman's hermits didn't turn out the same at all i wonder if people if people say that the answer is probably they do, do you know there's only another piece of blooming lego today with the mirror i wish i'd started collecting this all this week but i didn't uh, jerry halliwell sobbed in front of a studio audience but, of course, without wishing to appear cynical or in any way deriding Jerry the Drear Halliwell, this is the one who walked out on the Spice Girls, you remember, how she ever could have been bulimic. I mean, I remember looking at Jerry Halliwell thinking the last thing you would be would be bulimic, but she turned out to be bulimic and she sobbed to Piers uh, Drogan on his little show because he really does do the in-depth interview. Have you noticed what is the one thing that runs through every Piers Morgan show? They cry. Every single bloody guest cries. It's dreariness. And, of course, he can't get the guests. He, he has to go for the lowest common denominator. So, you know, you, you phone up Jerry Hallow and you go, Jerry, yes, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Okay, you're going to be, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm packing now. She's so desperate to be on television. So she sobbed. Well, frankly, as the girl who used to present Turkish game shows, frankly, I don't hold out too much hope for this programme. She was presenting... Well, yeah, but that was, that's called presenting on Turkish game shows. And here we have a lovely... That's called presenting. She is presenting the item. And my, my abiding memory of those game shows was the, was the one from Nairobi, which was the funniest one. That was, I think they put it on 
No, not with Jerry Halliwell. But it was it was the game show. Oh, and they had the American one where they go, and today you can win two cars, a holiday, and this. And they go, oh, I really wanted to win the spade. And they go, well, you've got to win two cars. And then they cut to the Nairobi game show. Today, we have a set of pencils and two glasses and a paperback book. And that was their star prize. And people got quite excited. Yeah! Yeah, for the paperback book. And it's and I thought, my God, we've, we've, we've become so greedy, don't we? As I've said, watch Deal or No Deal, and you'll see people there. And you've, you've been offered £13,000. Thank you, Mr Banker, but no deal. And then they lose it all, and I sit there and laugh. Because I think, it's your own fault. You're offered thirteen grand. Take the money. £13,000 for less than an hour's work. Thirteen grand. What sort of prat are you for turning it down? And then Noel, quite clearly, he, he tries to sort of guide them in the right way. Listen, the banker... OK, ring, 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 ring. Uh, the banker's offered you 14000 And you see them sitting there, and they've got 250000 50000 and 10000 and in the next round, it's all wiped out, and they go home with a pound. And I laugh, and I think it's your own fault. You've turned down that much money. Very, very silly. Anyway, Jerry Halliwell's weight plummeted to seven stone. I know people of seven stone. I know people of seven stone. But the trouble is now, you know what the matter with, with so-called celebrities is? And um, I remember one night, Jerry Halliwell was playing... Uh, a nightclub in town, and she phoned. I was out with a friend of mine, and she phoned the friend to say, do you want to come down? And we both looked at each other and went... No, didn't want to go down. <laughs> Mind you, we had the same with Robbie Williams. I'm in the studio, do I come watch it? Mm, no, thank you. You get that a lot from people. They sort of bump into you and they've had a few sherbets or whatever. They say, come on, come down to the studio. No, not really, not really. I was more horrified to discover a member of JLS didn't know how to do pasta the other day. He's going out with one of the Saturdays because they're bright. That is a bit of a worry. But uh, Jerry, 37, you'd think she's 15. She's a bit like Peter Andre. Peter Andre was doing something in a nightclub and a radio station wanted uh, a competition to win tickets to go and see him, uh, provided you were a Jordan lookalike. And he went, well, that's not very nice, is it? Don't like that. He's 37. You'd think you were dealing with a five-year-old. He's 37. I'm a bit worried about Wayne Bridge, aren't you? This, uh, this woman, Vanessa, this is the, uh, the woman who's gone to court to get him to pay proper maintenance for their son. And she doesn't work... And so she wants it. I mean, do you know, I tell you what, God, if you're listening, is it possible you could give me a pair of tits? Is, I mean, really, I don't want to be rude about it, but frankly, this is the way forward. I don't need to work. I've just got to find a footballer. That's all I've got to do. Find a footballer. God, make me a woman, please. It can't... Yes, but the trouble is, I mean, I do see... And I'm, I mean, what's the matter with contraception nowadays? I mean, are these footballers so bloody thick... That they father... Che- he's already got twins, and now he's got another one. And you think, are you stupid? I mean, do these women who go out... Do they, do they want to get themselves pregnant with a footballer? Because if you're having unprotected sex, A, you're opening yourself up, pardon the expression, for all sorts of problems with diseases and illnesses. I would have thought it was absolutely standard to, to sort of have, you know... I don't care whether it was an accident in their case. I couldn't give a flying forex. I'm just interested in why these people don't have protected sex. Why is... Don't be so silly. Of course it was. That went out years ago. What, you mean a little pinprick in the end of the condom? I don't think so. These things... No, I just don't think that these... I think that people go out there and they just go, oh, let's just have sex. Because prostitutes are having unprotected sex down the road. Oh, honestly, well, pfft, yeah, right, as if. 
as if. Yeah, it happens. I don't believe this happened in this case. I'm prepared to stick my neck out and say it didn't. But I just wonder why these people... And then it gets all messy, and they go to court, and they go, of course, she doesn't work, you know. She needs to be supported. I'm thinking, well, why can't she work? I know lots of women listening at the moment who've got children who are able to work. All of a sudden, we seem to be having a, a, a whole new generation of people who go, don't work, give money. Money. That's all they want is money. Just ridiculous. <laughs> These are the headlines. A number of people are still being questioned after a young man was stabbed to death at Victoria Tube Station during rush hour. The Prime Minister stopped Europe's leaders, declaring a commitment to an economic government of the European Union. And unions say they are prepared to settle a dispute ahead of the first national rail strike for 16 years. It comes as British Airways cabin crew are due to go on strike again at midnight tonight. With the travel... It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. M11 at the moment is closed north. Morning, everyone. I'm still trying to work this out. So, at the moment, uh, Wayne Bridge... Uh, Vanessa is still living in his mansion, by the way. It's all a bit peculiar. It's his ex-girlfriend. She's living in that. Anyway, so oh, leave that to one side. She wants... She's getting, or she is offered, three grand a month. So, I think 3,000 a month. My God, I bet half of you listening at the moment who have been pregnant and whose, whose father is not there anymore be going, three grand a month? I'd be lucky to get 300 quid a month. She's basing it on how much he's worth. I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I think that has got absolutely nothing... You know, if, so in other words, if he wasn't working, would she still be asking for 10 grand a month? No, because that's what she wants. She wants £10,000 a month. And I'm thinking, how much do you need? But she's basing it on what he's earning. So they've made him disclose to the court his earnings, which I think, um, 352000 a year. Which actually, in terms of football, this is not exactly very rich, is he? 352,000. By the time you've taken off tax, and you've got cars, and then you've got page-free stunners to buy drinks for and stuff like that, and, you, and you've got to eat, like, like food, and you've got to have Versace the, the wallpaper, and you've got to have, like, like nice furniture. 352,000 is nothing. I don't know how these people survive. It's just awful. But, um, but he sort of said to her, can you leave the house? And she said, oh, I'll leave the house, but I want 10 grand a month. And so they go to court over it. And at the end of the day, it becomes really quite messy and quite horrible and quite nasty. Why can't things be amicable? I mean, when, when my brother split up from his wife, he won't thank me for telling you, but the first thing he did was try and work out exactly how much money he had to pay to look after his two children. Luckily, they're coming up to 18. I think one has just passed 18 and the other one's heading there. Thank God. Because he's been paying since they were little. He pays his maintenance, even though he's gone absolutely... And he doesn't mind... Well, I mean, I'm quite sure he does mind, but he, he loves his children. So he's, that's what happens. If he's prepared to go broke, he pays for them. It's as simple as that. Irrespective of the fact that his, uh, his ex-wife found a very, very rich man. And they're living in a really, really big house. <laughs> but he doesn't mind, because that's what he does. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just dreadful, isn't it? The way children get in the way, and these people go to court... They go to court. Imagine in years to come, I remember seeing an interview with Pamela Anderson. Jeremy Kyle did another one of in-depth interviews. And of course, I mean, he obviously likes talking about this kind of stuff. He was talking about the porno film she made. And she said it wasn't really a porno film. She said it was just edited together to make it look like a porno film. And he said, what will your children think? And she said, well, I don't know. I don't really know what my children will think. Same as everything. I mean, I've, I've, I was tempted to throw it back to Jeremy Kyle and go, I wonder what your children will think years ago, you know, in, in years to come. You know, when they go, so Daddy uh, works for a radio station and the woman who wins the competition ends up going out with him. She wins the competition on the radio station. He goes out with the winner and then they get, of course it's true. What do you think? I'm making it up. Christ alive. And so he ends up marrying the winner of the competition. I mean, it was just, you know, and you think, well, you know, why is that? You know, Jeremy Kyle likes to gamble. Ulrika Johnson just sort of wandered around most of 
Britain, I think. She had a competition, ended up going out with the winner, Lance. Married him in the end. And then, of course, got rid of him because that's what she does. You know, she mar- The same with all these people. They, uh, they end up going out with somebody. It's like Elizabeth Taylor. You know, you make a film with somebody, marry them. Because you fall in love with them. Thank Christ, it doesn't work the same in radio. And, and, then, and then, she ma- then she goes out with somebody else. And then she goes out with somebody else. And then she goes... And they, these people do the rounds. And then it turns out they become like a trophy wife. And rich men who've got loads of money are almost drawn to them like a magnet. They want to go out with them. Because to say that you were one of Elizabeth Taylor's husbands is kind of a bit... Uh, there's a bit of kudos attached to it. To say you went out with Jerry Halliwell doesn't quite have the same ring to it, doesn't it? I went out with Jerry Halliwell. Shh, shh, don't tell anybody. Keep it quiet. Yeah, I'm going out with Jordan. Shh. Girl, blimey, don't tell people that. The morning show on ITV. Six hours, they say. Could be like a strip show. And you just have various presenters coming in. So, um, morale... Well, I hope a strip show. The very idea that uh, Lorraine Kelly could get them out for the boys, as she has done on frequent occasions. I mean, frankly, they're resting on the desk at the moment. I'm a bit worried about some of the outfits she wears. But they have said her, her job is safe. Uh, an insider says... Who that could be, I have no idea. We are keeping Lorraine, but there's nothing to say she has to stay in the 8.30 slot. So, in other words, they might say, I tell you what, we'd quite like Lorraine to see you at 11 o'clock. And she'll go, I'm near doing that. I'm near doing that. She, I mean, she'd not be happy doing that. Because she can record, I think, three, three shows are live and two are pre-wrecked. So that she can have a long weekend at home and then comes back down, down to London. And, uh, and that, that would make it difficult. However, over Easter... Ruth Langsford has been lined up, and Nina Hussein. Exactly. I don't know, I've seen... Yes, we know Nina Hussein. She's an ITN presenter. But Ruth Langsford again. Oh, you know Ruth Langsford. She's Eamon Holmes's bit. Her. The one with the ears. You know? That's why she can't wear... Although we said yesterday, simple operation, Ruth baby. Get them done. It really... I had a producer, Dave... And he had his done, and it was fine. You just have a little scar behind your ears. Little, nobody notices it, and it pinned... Or failing that, fruit gums. Now, fruit gums. If you actually get a fruit gum, <laughs> wet it, and you stick it on your... And then push it in. We did it with our dog. Worked with our spaniel. We bloody well did. We did it with our dog. Because he had ears that stuck up, but they were supposed to be down. So we stuck a fruit gum into his ear, and it pulled the ear down a bit. And eventually, after a time, it's, they stayed there without the fruit gum, because, frankly, it was costing us a fortune. You know, if you think we're wasting a packet of fruit gums on dogs, we're definitely not. But we did. We, we stuck fruit gums on, and it pulled the ears down at the front, which made him look far more attractive. If not... Oh, it didn't hurt. No, they're just... Because, um, and then we, we... Luckily, we were a really good family, because we, we ate the fruit gums afterwards. We left them on there for a few days, and we took them off his ears and, you know, got rid of all the fleas and everything. And they were fine, honestly. Don't do any harm. It's all good, all that kind of stuff. 84850, uh One from uh, Joe. He says, listening to an old podcast of yours, when you run about the cost of uh, the blood thinner, warfarin. He says, we in Ireland pay a maximum of €120 Euros a month towards medicines. It's handy for me as I'm on fairly heavy and costly coronary pills. In fact, I'm arranging to get my three bypasses needed, done in London by the latest and safest method which is this, this robot thing. Anyway, back to the pills cost. You can get all the pills you need in Spain from a boots like Reliable Chemist without a prescription at a much lower price. I know, actually, of course, I'm lucky, Joe. I don't pay for anything. I don't pay because I'm diabetic. So I get every single pill free. I don't pay for any medicine. I pay for nothing at all. Which, I, to be honest with you, as I'm in a position financially to pay for my medicine and pay for my prescriptions, I, a friend of mine said the other night, he said, oh, I, I need to get these pills. And I said, well, just go and get them. He said, it's £7 a prescription. 
or whatever it is now. I mean, the show, I might be out of touch on that. But uh, he said it's £7. I said, oh, I tend to forget I don't pay for them. But I know that you can go to France, for example, and you can buy Ventolin inhalers over the counter. Over here, only on prescription. Go to Spain, they'll sell you med. Don't buy anywhere else. Don't, don't go to any other countries and start buying medicine because there's a lot of fake stuff out there. But uh, you can go to, to Spain and you can buy medicines and just buy it over the counter. It's as simple as that. The, the only reason you have a prescription, I think, in Spain is so you can get sort of stronger stuff, but you pay for it all the way through anyway. So you can get loads of stuff over the counter that you can't. And you probably, Joe, are bombarded like I am with people saying, oh, get your prescription medicines here. I wouldn't buy anything on the internet. I would buy nothing at all. If it was medicine and it was something you really needed, I wouldn't even dream of going to the internet. Absolutely ridiculous. ITV going... Back to their situation, have started to combine their in-house sales and publicity teams with GMTVs. One worker said morale is at an all-time low. People fear for their jobs. That's what happens in, in, these, in these days when, when companies streamline. You have to streamline. It's no good having... I mean, you've only got to go to the BBC to realise what the word overstaffing is. They are seriously overstaffed. If this programme here was on at the BBC, there would be a minimum of ten people working on it. What they do, God knows. Mid-morning shows, 15, 20 people. 15, 20 people. What do they do? No idea. Vastly overstaffed at the BBC. That's why in the real world, if they had to rely on an income through advertising and through sponsorship and... um, and well-meaning presenters who sort of don't work for as much as they maybe should do, the BBC would be in a dreadful state. They couldn't survive at all. But they're able to to spend that much money because you're giving it to them every year. And that's why they will absolutely spend all of this this, uh, money. It is, it is quite frightening. So what they're doing at ITV is no different to what they're doing at at other places. They're they're, They're just tightening their belts. But I'll tell you, I'd have a field at the BBC. They're doing the same at British Airways. And the way they're tightening their belts there is to say to the uh, staff who went out on strike, as we told you, if you went out on strike, we've taken away your flying benefits. No more cheap flights, no more flights for family and friends, period, finish for the remainder of your life. So what the staff do now is they have the choice. They go somewhere else. And that's what British Airways want. You go somewhere else, we bring in somebody else. In other words, somebody who's been there for 23 years, you want to go, go. We're not making you redundant. But you'll go because you're not getting your free flights, but you were warned about it. And so you'll go, won't cost them a penny piece, they can bring in somebody half the salary. You know? And that's the way it's going now. In exactly the same way as if I went to my boss and said, right, I want an extra £50,000 a year. OK, let's make it realistic. 100000 So I go... To, OK, let's make it more realistic. And I say to him, right, I tell you what, I want, I want 50000 a year. And, and he goes, we haven't got the money. And I go, well... You better find the money. You know, if you want to keep me, you better find the money. I want £50,000 a year or I'm going. His hands will be tied and he'd have to go, well, don't want to lose you, but I, I haven't got the money. Where am I supposed to get it from? I come up with a few suggestions of people you can lose and things like that. And, uh, and then you work around it. <laughs> but that's, that, that's if, if you end up calling somebody's bluff, they're going to call your bluff back. And they're going to say, I'm terrible. We do not have the money. I'm really sorry. And that's the same at British Airways. Eventually, many of these stewardesses, half of whom... That's, it has to be said, if you've been there 23 years, you're a bit bored pushing a trolley up and down, aren't you? Hello, tea, coffee... Oh dear. Tea, coffee... And you go, hello, is it possible to have a colouring book? No, it's not. London's biggest conversation. 
Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to 6, Friday morning. Love Friday. Love payday Friday. Love any Friday. Actually, love Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Also love Sunday this week, because you know, and I'll tell you, for the umpteenth time, because I don't want you to miss out. Oh, and incidentally, before I tell you that... There is a problem with the podcasting, OK? We're aware of it. The podcasting team are working their little spherical objects off to try and get it back to normal. The, the computer <coughs> system has got so overloaded and it's not doing certain things, so they're faffing around with it. But don't worry, everything you've missed, you will get back. It's as simple as that, OK? So just, just bear with it, because I've had tonnes of emails about it. Now, this weekend, Sunday morning, clocks go forward, because we spring forward and fall backwards. Uh, my advice is, if you're going to bed at midnight or you go to bed at 10 o'clock, put the, uh, put the alarm clock forward then. And remember as well that we're going an hour backwards. So in other words, you put your clock forward, but the breakfast show will start an hour earlier. So as opposed to going from 8 o'clock to 11, we're doing 7 till 10. OK, so this coming week, we start the breakfast show 7 till 10. I expect you to be there. I think Jane, uh, Spike Milligan's daughter, is in doing the papers. So that'll be on Sunday. And I did watch last night, and I was getting quite annoyed. And you know me, I do get quite annoyed watching television programmes. And yesterday, it was the poor writing of Emmerdale. I can only assume it must be somebody new. Because we've got the stupid vicar, who frankly is getting more ridiculous by the day... And, I mean, the man is just... This man would have been kicked out of C of E a long time ago. This man can't even handle his own life and marriage, let alone trying to advise other people how to run their lives. An idiot, a buffoon of the First Order, writing very, very bad. Silly little vicar's wife, I'm afraid. Frankly, I'm, now, I now we've seen her back, I wish she'd stayed away. Because she's doing... Oh, Ashley, oh, look, is there anybody in the house? We can, this is the vicar and the wife. And we, we can go upstairs and I can give you a massage. I'm thinking, oh, enough already. And then, and then, as if this wasn't bad enough, you've got the stupid asylum seeker woman and the dippy bloke who's in the Dingle family. Because I really, I really love you. Oh, go away, you buffoon. And he goes down on one knee and gives her a, a ring. Will you marry... Of course you're not going to marry you, you stupid... The old family's stupid. She fancies somebody else. Oh, it's just ridiculous. And then, as if to make it even worse, you know that they're running with a gay storyline in Emmerdale. And the gay storyline is that Aaron... And, uh, all, and congratulations to them for having, you know, a normal gay person as opposed to some mincing old queen with a feather boa. Although I'm a little bit surprised to see that they've dragged Dave Lynn in yet again. Every time we have a gay storyline, let's drag out drag queen Dave Lynn because he's apparently a professional homosexual. So he's turned up again. And then they've got Aaron. Now, Aaron is a rather butch young man and he lives with Paddy the Vet. Paddy the vet, whose sexuality in itself should be drawn into question, as he spends most of his time with his hand up cow's bottoms, and he has the audacity to start picking on somebody else. He has now taken it onto himself to find out why Aaron is behaving strangely. Aaron, who's been out with this girl, remember, and then mm. they finished. Paddy has now not only started going through Aaron's bedroom, and he's rooted through it because he thinks he's on drugs, but, I mean... Uh, Yesterday, the ex-girlfriend's walking down the lane to her job at wherever she works, and Paddy's in the very expensive, because he hasn't stuck his hand up a horse's, a, a cow's bottom for ages, and he pulls up and he says, can you tell me why, because he's very affected, can you tell me why <clears throat> you finished with Aaron? And she went, well, it just, you know, finished, was, was it anything to do with drugs? 
And so she goes, I'm not prepared to talk about it. So he stops his car in the middle of the road and gets out and starts talking to her. Mm. And she's going, well, I'm not prepared to talk about it. Now, of course, we all know the reason that Aaron is being somewhat secretive is because he's gay. And he's been to a gay bar in the city. <gasps> Do they have Shocker. up there? Oh, dear Lord, the hot and gay bar is <laughs> the place to go to. <laughs> you can't move in this village. It's a veritable fairyland. <laughs> So, so what he does is, he actually, he goes through his bedroom to try and find drugs. So Aaron comes home, goes up and suddenly realises that Paddy's been... He goes down, he says, what were you doing? He said, I didn't find your stash. He went, are you mental? He says, listen, I want... He said, I'm going to find out what it is. It turns out that Aaron the night before has been to a gay bar in Leicester. Right. Which is like going back into the 70s. But anyway, that's <laughs> another story. And he's left his phone there, as you do. You run out, he left it on the seat. This bloke finds it sends him a little note and takes the phone back to the village and drops the phone off again. Paddy has made a note of this bloke's phone number and he said, either you tell me what's going on, I'm going to... He thinks he's dealing drugs. He says, you're a drug dealer. And I'm thinking, Paddy, why don't you mind your own friggin' business? Because, frankly, you're getting on everybody's nerves. Strange storyline. It is the most... It's also so badly written. Paddy, who was nice boy, Mm -hmm. vet, happy... Went out with some woman. I can't remember on earth it was. He went out with some woman in it. Who did he go out with? But it, it was all lovely. And then she, she left, I think. And ever since then, Paddy has become this recluse who interferes with everybody's life. Mm. Why can't he just leave Aaron alone, John? Aaron is, is struggling to come to terms with his sexuality. And, and He's a busybody. And you've got the vet, who's now, he admitted, he said, I followed you the other night. And Aaron went, you did what? He said, I followed you the other night. To that bar. He said, I know what it is. It's a gay bar. You think, you are a nasty piece of work. Very nasty. A busybody. He's a, not only a busybody, but he's, what's it got to do with him? No, exactly. That's very scary. Oh, actually. it's just horror. And the vicar, I tell you, I'd, I'd be the first one to push the vicar off the church roof. How often do you watch this programme? I'm, I'm trying not to watch it very <laughs> often. It's making my blood pressure go up. You're obviously it's... addicted. I'm not really addicted, <laughs> no. <laughs> but just... you quite like it. Well, I mean, I only like it because I think these are such ludicrous storylines. It's not believable. It's, it'd be like me leaving here and, and going home and then the producer saying tomorrow, oh, I followed you home yesterday to see where you went. <laughs> I thought she did. That she, would be really she good, just said, it? I did follow you home yesterday. And you think to yourself, listen, I'm not going out with you. I don't care what you say. Yeah, but listen, you can cook pasta till the cows come home, but it ain't happening. What you don't know is she's making a documentary called What Steve Did Next. <laughs> after every programme. What, what Stevie did next. <laughs> what Stevie did next. And she's going to follow you. Oh, it's just, I sit in front of the church and I'm making myself ill watching Emmerdale <laughs> at the moment. It's not helpful. You know what they say, don't you? Don't watch it. But I have to. Why? Because it's... Well, I don't know, I just have to. But, strangely, Michael in Canary Wharf, he says, Well done, Emmerdale, for showing gays as normal, not even a hint of a feather boa from Dave Lynn, who seems to get wheeled out in soaps at any whiff of homosexuality. He says, At least gays in Soapland are played in a realistic 21st century style. I know, I mean, what they're doing, they're actually going back to the, uh, sort of, the John Inman and, the, and that sort of era. Is Anthony Cotton still in Coronation Street? Yeah, sadly, Anthony Cotton is still in Coronation well, that's, Street. that's not... Yeah, but that's... he's not playing a gay. He is gay. Yeah, but he is playing. Still, his character's gay, isn't it? But he's exactly the same in real life. He's not actors. No oh, acting. I know he is. I know he's acting and reading the lines, but he's... You see him in real life. He's exactly the same. But he's still... He's still representing a particular area of gay society. Effeminacy. He's slightly effeminate in it, isn't he? 
Sli- slightly <laughs> effeminate. Well, I'm being kind here. <laughs> yes. It is only 26. He is, he is the screamer on top of the tree at Christmas. Yeah. So... It's absolutely... But a... that, you see, gives the wrong stereotype to people. Yeah, but it, it takes all sorts, doesn't it? So, but I mean... In oh, East, I agree. In EastEnders, we've had all kinds of gay people going through it in and out. We've not had anybody like Anthony Cotton, have we, in EastEnders? No, I don't no, think we've, so. No, I seem to remember, no. if I cast my mind back to all of them, they've had what I call, you know, just ordinary people. Yeah. Just ordinary, you know, people who... It doesn't matter what they are. The lesbian kiss in Brookside. Christian's a gay one in EastEnders. Christian, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the lesbian she kiss... She likes Christian, but there we go, she likes gay. <laughs> <laughs> Explains a lot. The lesbian <laughs> so, kiss in Brookside, which was a Oh, that's big right. Draw. Start on that at 20 to 6 in the morning. <laughs> well, oh, while we're on it... You have to was, bring it down She to was that. stunning. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful, that girl. Whereas, in fact... <laughs> <laughs> Not stereotypical at all. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, seeing as... I mean, that's why it used to make me laugh. Like this. <laughs> oh, it always makes me laugh, this one. People used to... You get, you get a lot of straight guys and they go, oh, you know, the idea of sort of two lesbians. Mm. And you go, yes, but then you, you see them in the newspapers and they're portrayed as beautiful, long, blonde hair, whereas in reality they're Sandy Toxvic lookalikes. You know, doesn't quite sort of have the same but meaning. But not all of them. No, exactly, but no. that's what I'm saying. It's stereotypical, but it's nice to see in the soaps that they're portraying Aaron in Emmerdale, even mm. though he's had abuse on the streets in real life. Oh, well, because he's, because he's playing a because gay he's character. Playing a gay ca- and people can't separate. For some reason, he's playing a character... This is him in real life. Yes, I know. That's and I think it's quite thing. brave of him to do it, because I think sometimes it can be suicide Yes, for people in, in soaps. Well, There's what a lot about, of stigma. What about Jake Gyllenhaal, then, who played a gay character in Brokeback Mountain? Yeah, but he sounds butch, doesn't he? Jake. Jake, Jake. doesn't exactly sound like, you know, I don't know, sort of a, a gay name. He was like a naughty... Morris or <laughs> something. <laughs> I've got a really good friend, Morris. Mor- well, exactly. Be... I bet he's gay. No, he's not. Oh, well, he will be he after be this. He very insulted. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Jake Gyllenhaal sounds butch. Does it? But he's character. Rock Hudson sounds butch, even though he wasn't. No, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's not all in a name, is it? No, but it's it's just nice to see somebody portrayed... I mean, he's going to go through hell because Emmerdale is such a little tiny village. They coped with a lesbian vet, if you remember. In Emmerdale? In Emmerdale, they had a lesbian vet. And they managed to cope with that. We've got an asylum seeker, now we've got a a gay guy. But will he get together with somebody in the village? But the trouble is with these characters. What worries me for his sake, as an actor, is they don't last, these characters. Once they've run their course and they've got the mileage... They go. What do you do with him? I mean, Anthony Cotton is clinging on by the skin of his teeth. Because there's no storylines, no, there's no nothing. Happens. We've seen, you know, he's been to a gay bar. For God's sake, we're in the year 2010. Exactly. Who cares? It's ridiculous. You Absolutely know, I'd rather ridiculous. see him crocheting, you know, and making something nice for Christmas. You will. <laughs> yes, yes, soon. <laughs> Very soon. It is, but it's, it's, it's good to see something positive. But as you get more and more gay producers and gay scriptwriters, then apparently you do, you do see it. But also as well, we have to be very careful not to be a bit gayed out all the time. Too well, you are being gayed out at the moment. Yesterday, double page spread in the paper about Louis, the guy from Pineapple Dance Studio. Oh, him, yeah. You see, and all the papers are going, oh, he's so gay, he's so this. Lorraine Kelly is quoted as saying, oh, he's marvellous, he should have his own show. Shut up! Shut up, of course. Listen, oh, professional puffs <laughs> on the funny. television. I know, <laughs> listen, funny. you could probably take somebody into any club in town and find funny people. Oh, you must get out more, Amanda. You really <laughs> yeah. must. Come down on Saturday night. She loves night. him. I'll you see, you that's funny. the danger. She loves him. You know, she wants... Everybody's talking she, about him, She wants him, him to be a friend. Oh, really? She's written. It's probably on Facebook. Oh, she'll find him, believe <laughs> yeah, you me. absolutely. She's, she's stalking. I mean, talking about um, gay people, 
Um, as we were. What a funny programme this morning, ladies and gentlemen. This Let's go home and have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I have a brandy in my hot chocolate, please? What a lovely idea. Brandy and hot chocolate. I bought you the next instalment of... Oh, dear. Oh, you can't wait. I can't wait. You'd finish this programme at six if you could and rush home and put I it in know. your DVD yeah, player. Yeah, I would. Or yes. Amanda's DVD player, which is better than yours. Yes. Yes, it is. But anyway, this week. i try not one, to dwell on that. This week's programme is just so you. It's just... What is she doing now? She goes to Austria to the... Oh, she to goes the, to the ball. To the ball. Yeah. And she's redecorating that dreary house. Yes. The Goodness. dreary house that seems to have everybody's cars parked in the drive. Have you noticed? Well, that's crew. There's never... No, oh, that's crew, is it? <laughs> Not friends. I feel sorry for her because poor old Alex is seeing a spiritual person at the moment. In India? No, is he yeah, back? Because he can't cope. Because being a celebrity is just stressful. Yeah, I give it about another six months, this marriage. Well, six and that's weeks. about it. Six weeks. <laughs> Which is interesting. Okay, listen, we have to take a, a short break. Uh, Jay says they should get rid of Lorraine Kelly and keep Penny Smith. You see, I'm a Penny Smith fan. I like Penny Smith. I mean, Smith. I'm not, I'm not, not a Lorraine Kelly fan. I'm sure she's got her fans. I just think that Penny Smith comes over a bit more human. It grieves me to tell you this, but I watched Loose Women the other day, mm. and they had on fronting it the woman who used to be on GMTV's Martin Frizzell's wife, who used to front GMTV and then left. Long hair. Oh, I can't remember her name now. It's gone. Not the woman that used to be in Hollywood. No, 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 no. no. She does it sometimes. She's, she she was the front. She was the anchor was of she? GMTV. Oh, well, how long ago? Oh, recently, recently, and she left. Oh, I know who Fiona you mean. Phillips. Yeah, Fiona Phillips. That's it. And I'm telling you, on Loose Women, she's terrible. Well, she's absolutely awful. She might be fine sitting there on a couch, two camera, one to one, talking to the camera and talking to one guest. Hmm. When she has to enter into a conversation, it's a completely different ball game. Her and Zoe. The, the singing coach, are out of their depth. At least with the others, they know how to sit and chat and make it sound interesting. Fiona's doing it like it's an interview programme, so now we'll talk to John. So tell me, John, mm. when you... And it's just like... It's awful. And Zoe, the singing teacher, I'm sorry, love, we know you're single, now we know why, but you're boring on this programme. There's no interactive. You're not getting the camera shots for your, your little lookaways. Colleen gets them. It's not working for you. You know, I understand that, you know, it might be another five years before you manage to get your, your act together, but I haven't got time to wait for that. Penny Smith could go on that programme. Penny Smith could be ideal. She'd be perfect. Carl, if you're listening, put Penny Smith on. Mm, she'd, she'd be, be ideal. She's a good chatter. And she's got that, in, she's got an intelligent side, you know, yes. to bring in current affairs. Can't put her on with Colleen, though, that's the trouble, you know, because it's going to make Colleen look a bit that's dim. So wicked to Colleen. I know. 14 to 6. <laughs> These are the headlines. A number of people are still being questioned after a young man was fatally stabbed at Victoria Tube Station. It happened in the ticket hall during last night's rush hour. Gordon Brown's called on rail bosses and unions to resolve their bitter row, which has led to a four-day national strike being called for immediately after Easter. And the High Court is due to rule later over a legal challenge about plans for a third runway and sixth terminal at Heathrow Airport. With the travel for you this morning, it's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. M11 northbound. Uh, Three. Alan. Anyway, uh, Rain Barking Side says, I dread to think what my life would be <clears throat> without the irreplaceable Steve Allen, which is good, isn't it? Actually, I've got a, I've got a very funny one here. I must just mention this too. I know Rain Barking Side. I've met... You I, have met him. You've I met him met at him. the, uh, yeah. the Queen's. And I got a lovely card this morning from Alison in Ryslip. Oh, yes. It says just lovely things. Oh, like what? What about you? Oh, it's about me, actually. Oh, right. Well, just about you. Lovely cards. Just about you, me. you, 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 you. Or me, 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 me. See, I never get any mentions oh, there is on a anything. Of you in here. Oh, is it? Oh. 
Yeah. Nice. <laughs> she did mention it. Very small writing. Yeah. Oh, well, but thank you very much. That's lovely. I'll pass on those messages to Steve when his head doesn't sh- grow so much. Oh, dear. I never get any compliments. I'm oh, please. awful, really. <laughs> For my birthday, I got nothing at nothing, all. Nothing. Not a card. Horrible. Not a day out. <laughs> there with she Van is Go. again. That one there. Yes, her. Her. She did the. She did Terrible. The, she did the photo shoot yeah. in OK. Yeah. And that was the one that you said that flat's not hers. That's a rented accommodation. I, I always know people's flat, you see, because I know <laughs> where they live. Right. I know. I still think yeah. the funniest one, the, the, the funniest one was sort of Biggins on Come Dine With Me. <laughs> of course, it wasn't his at wasn't all. His it was It was a flat they'd <laughs> used. Of course. Very funny. Uh, Stephen, thank you. <clears throat> yes, we know about the angry silence. I've ordered it myself. I've ordered it myself. It is a part of a box set. Coach trip on Thursday, mud baths, and Pat and Margaret struggling. Brendan... Very funny. I like that. Uh, we've sorted out, I think, the uh, the podcasting. Uh, no, it's being sorted out. Yes, it's being sorted. I can't sort it out this morning. It's being we do chopped have off or something, isn't it? David Essex is starring in a new musical called <clears throat> All the Fun of the Fair. Yes. Now, you know my love of fun fairs, as I've done documentaries on LBC over the years <clears throat> on fun fairs, but they're taking it out on the road. It's called All the Fun of the Fair, and David used to work fun fairs years ago. Mm. That's where he got his image from, wasn't it? Yes. And so, it's it's based on him, because it's going to feature all his songs. It should be like, wonderful. Gonna make you a star, yeah. And yeah. you interviewed him recently, Yes, well, not uh, probably about a year ago, I think. There's a cast of over 20, including Christopher Timothy, Louise English as well. Very good. So that'll do very well. Well done when there. When's that open? Um, 20th to the 27th <clears throat> of April. That's must very be in, soon. It must be in London. It must be in London. Hooray told me about that. Hooray, uh, incidentally, got a letter printed in um, in uh, the Diabetes magazine. I saw it. I saw it. Very impressed. Uh, don't forget, Best of Ferrari moves Saturday, 5am tomorrow. Yeah, Things will move around over this weekend. Know, it, will that not be on, on Sunday morning as well? No, that's LBC Playback. It's on Sunday morning at 5. Best of In Conversation, Sunday at 6. Steve Allen's Breakfast Show, New Start Time, 7 I'll, I'll, obviously, I'll have to... But don't forget, your clocks go forward. I know they do, yes. We love that. Not for you, of course, because <laughs> you'll have to wait till you finish Absolutely, and work, then I go forward. And then you go forward. Yeah. Now so you'll finish work at five, then you get home. Now, I, I used to love listening to the best of Nick Ferrari on a Sunday morning when yeah. I was driving home. Saturday. Now. But, no, yeah, but it's going to Saturday, mm. so that's... I won't hear that, but um, I'll be able to listen to you instead. Way! Little me! As if I don't get enough of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, even I think that. <laughs> Actually, I did bump into yesterday... Because now, oh, I forgot, I think, is it Tony and Elaine? I can't remember. I know it's Tony, bodybuilder, and I'm sure it's Elaine, because I bumped into her in Poundland. Shh, I wish I'd never said it. And she said, we listen to you all the time. Is it Elaine? Oh, tell me it's Elaine, because otherwise I'll, I'll get into trouble next time I bump into them. Uh, Andrew Pierce's new start time is ten, then. Ten. Simon Calder is one, one. o'clock. Food and Drink with Tom Parker Bowles, new start time, three. James Mack's programme, it's a new extended one, at four. And then the new Sunday evening show with Nick Abbott at seven. Yes, it's all just moved forward now. Yes, you've all just moved forward. But don't forget to do your, your clocks. Yes, you've got to do that. At 2am is the official time. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't work like that. I do mine when I go to bed. When I go to bed, I go round and I, I change my mm. alarm clocks. Do you? Yeah, so that you get... Because well, you've got to get up on Sunday morning. Yeah, and also up. my show's an hour backwards, so I've got to change the time of the alarm clock. So the clock's going forward and you're going back, so in fact you're losing two hours Yeah, all right, don't rub it in. It's only one week, though. It's not my fault. We'll be back to normal the following week. Sandra and Gordon say we were in Charing Cross Road yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we found ourselves gazing up at LBC Towers, hoping to catch a glimpse of a star or two. 
We think the building could be enhanced by a blue plaque to honour and celebrate the great man who entertains and broadcasts from there. We've suggested the following wording to Westminster Council. John Warrington, bon viveur, wit, broadcaster and raconteur, entertained the nation from this building. They say, can we put you down for a generous contribution? <laughs> yeah, you really can. Keep them coming, I really love can. it. really can. I told you, I never even get a mention on my own programme. <laughs> yes, but it is the Steve Allen programme, and I am Yeah, well, you'd never guess it, would you? Busy. Better get a word in it. Earlier you were talking about the case about the man and the woman the Wayne Bridge in court. Yeah. What you didn't mention was that one of her demands, which I thought was quite interesting, was he had offered her approximately £10,000 a month. No, ten. three. Yeah, but she wants ten. No, she wants double that. Oh, she wants double ten. Double really? that. Double and ten. he offered her a house, and she said, but I want a house in London. So not only is she demanding double the money, yeah. she wants to say where she wants to live as well. I tell you if, you, if you're a footballer going out now, I think my hard and fast rule is... Don't go to bed with anybody, it's safer. <laughs> because you'll end up with no money. Exactly. What amazed it's me mad. was that they claim, and she said in court, she received no money from John Terry. Yeah. So, if you remember, that was all going to the papers, and then it stopped. And I remember thinking, why is that, why is that stopped? You know, because that, that would be worth a lot of money to her from the papers. That could have been worth, I don't know, a million pounds or something. But they, they were saying that... John Terry paid her off, and she's categorically denied that. And yeah. Said, no money has changed yes. hands. Oh, they I said did that. not kiss and tell, and just, you know, it was just one of those stories that got out, and that It does that. seem to be quite lucrative to be a woman nowadays, provided you've got some looks. I mean, luckily, I'm blessed with looks and long, flowing hair, but to be honest with you, all I need to do is find a footballer. She's not young, and though. I'm in with, no, she's not. She's not, you know, mm. some young dolly bird, is she? She's 33. Mm. Yes, I, I mean, that's, as, well, I suppose, you know, as life whizzes through, and it certainly does at that age, you've got to she's get older some money than in. him. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though, that they But you think footballers are a bit blind? Well, I think they're a bit daft. Yeah. Well, not all of them, of course. Yes. Not all of them. My, my footballer friend, Joe, and Carly, they had their little baby the other day. They're married, by the way. Oh, Joe Cole. Yeah. They must have sold the pictures to OK Magazine because they came out and the baby was covered with the shawl and he's had all his hair shaved off. Yes, he has. I'm assuming He's done that, that before. Be a... Yes. He's done I, that before. I, I, I do that occasionally. Well, you do it as well. I it's do David it. Beckham look, isn't it? It is. I'm having yeah. tattoos. Dave's got a new tattoo. Really? What's David it Beckham. It says Grandad in memory of his granddad. Oh, it's like, go away, Vicky. I'm not surprised she's staying in Moscow. She's going... Oh, look, Imelda Marcos. Yeah, but she was cold in Tell Moscow. me she's died. <laughs> she, she had to go back. Well, you want to inherit the shoes, don't Well, you? I tell you, I, I was always amazed that America took Imelda Marcos in, a woman who plundered her country. Uh, her and her husband, Ferdinand, yeah. absolutely robbed it blind. She goes to America, and I saw her being interviewed. Was it Wicker Ruby did Wax. Her? Ruby Wax Ruby did Wax her. did it. And I remember thinking, program. this, uh, oh, dear, she, just don't, you, I tell you, if I was a despot... You know, that's she, what people... She was do. off her trolley, though, in oh, that quite interview. quite clearly mad she as a brush. She was quite mad. Yeah. Quite, quite, quite mad. She had to get out of the country, wasn't she? Extradited, or said, you've got to leave. She had yeah. to run away for... Do you remember the army life. stood in front, that the army had all the tanks and all the people in the Philippines, that they stood in front of them, and the women went up to the soldiers and went, you look like my son, and cuddled them, and the army backed off. Yeah. Ferdinand, meanwhile, loading his plane up with gold, the thieving old so-and-so. Didn't the husband die? Yes, luckily. That was good news, wasn't it? Yes. Apparently, Diane says cheese and marmite has been done. Has it? You can buy it in most supermarkets. There you go, see? Lord, there's no so you're to not going to make a mint from marmite. That's well, I, was, I, I thought cheese and marmite, because apparently, because I bought a cheese and marmite sandwich the other day, yes. and the producer said, I mean, she comes up with these crack, but I did, she said... You can, you, you can go to a supermarket, apparently. I mean, where she's seen this, I don't know. You can buy bread, a yeah. loaf, and you can buy 
marmite mm. and cheese, and you can combine it together and make a sandwich. Yes. Well, I don't know when this happens. I've never seen this in my life. And apparently you can do this with a lot of other things. You can. You can even queue to go and see museums. <laughs> Sam Pittis had, had, had meat the other day. He had ham and mustard in his sandwich. He makes them the night before. And puts them in foil, keeps them in the fridge. And then brings them in in a Tupperware box. You see, I'd always leave them in the fridge. I'd forget. Richard Hakeer brings in two Weetabix in a Tupperware box. I don't know what's the matter with them around here. do them at work as well. I mean, Jane does that too. Muesli and, she brings in muesli and yoghurt. She has a, a bowl of her cereals at work. Whereas me, I always have a, um, 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 a porridge every morning. Not a compote. I don't have a compote, <laughs> no. I, w- I could have had a compote. I've got the money for it. You certainly have. A Greek one. But I've... <laughs> do you know, Greek... I've never had Greek yoghurt, but I do fancy... There was a lovely picture in the paper today of Adelia Smith recipe for a rhubarb crumble. Ooh. But it was done like a rhubarb fool, and if there's one thing I love, the only problem is you've got to put sugar with it, and I can't do sugar. But I looked at this rhubarb and thought, yum, yum, I love rhubarb yoghurt. You could just have rhubarb on its own. Could you? Know? you? Cook it. Not the oh, way you cook. Oh, lovely. You might have to put the stove on to do it. You can't put that in your wok. Or on that grill thing. Or on thing that halogen thing. No, you can't do thing on that. I do love that, actually. I, <laughs> I know I'm, you do. I'm very happy. Yesterday, I had, um, I had, um, what did I have? I went out and ate Italian with Michael the hairdresser. Mm. And it was quite nice. It was spaghetti and, and a grilled chicken escalope type thing, which was quite nice. That's very Italian. Very Italian. Well, it certainly was with two glasses of Chardonnay. <laughs> hey! I, I, went out, I went out on Wednesday. When did I go out? Wednesday night. And I went... Uh, to see a film, which I'll tell you about after the news. Oh, lovely. Was it Nanny McPhee? No, it wasn't. It was oh, Alice right. in Wonderland. Oh, details coming up after the news. But also, Nanny McPhee gets a four-star rating I today. I want, I want I to see it, wait too. to see that. Hello? Morning, team. You notice I always come in on that bing. It's very it's nice. timing. It's a bit like Feed the Birds, Tuppence Bag. It's the producer. She's finally discovered rhythm at this late stage in life. You know, I've bing. Got rhythm, I got music. music I got rhythm. My man who could ask for anything, anything more. more. Ch- 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 Fabulous. Yeah, and then we go into the big dance number, and then everybody at home goes, Buzzy I'm, sorry, I'm listening to the, the right radio. thing here. <laughs> uh, Steve, I thought last night's Emmerdale was excellent. The acting was superb. See, everyone's watching it, actually, aren't they? I thought it was dreadful. The scri- I didn't say the acting wasn't good. I said the script writing was appalling. And, uh, and then Jess says, stop slagging off Emmerdale. Remember your roots. Are you from a village? Uh, sadly not. No, no, Bromley. Same thing. <laughs> not, quite, not quite the same. Um, uh, Steve, a gay bar in Emmerdale. All those repressed young muscular farmhands. I don't know if you've seen Emmerdale recently. There's no muscular farmhands in but Emmerdale. But the gay bar isn't in Emmerdale. It's, you have no, to go it's out in, to a big city. It's a big, big, big town. city, big town. Yeah. Although, frankly, I mean, the wool pack could turn quite easily. I thought the gay bar was originally crushed by the aeroplane that landed in the field. Do you remember that? <laughs> I loved it. How to wipe out half the characters. <laughs> yes, that was start again. We're and, bored. And somebody says, you actually spent an hour of your life watching loose women. No, no, I didn't. I just ten minutes. Doing it. That's so quite enough. half an hour, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's a half an hour programme, isn't it? I think so. Or is it, it longer? Be wrong. I don't, seems longer, I think. Oh, we think it's an hour. I don't I do. know. But I only watch a few minutes just to see who's on the panel. And it's also an award-winning programme. Yes, it, it did get an award. Year. Yes. Yeah. I think the audience are dropping off, though. Do you? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, I think it's a great programme. Do you? Just I think it's just got a bit it. samey now. It's, it's a group of, of women cackling about certain things, being a little bit anti-men. We always know that Colleen's going to talk about her old man, quite clear there's nothing going on at home with them, so she spends most of her time working. You're going to get uh, somebody talk about how difficult it is to rear children. Then you're going to get the blonde woman, Denise. Denise, well, Who's going to talk about who how... I love. 
I can't bear her. I love uh, her. Which she seems to think it's her show, so she'll tell us about her and the husband don't share the same room. I thought, big surprise there. And they spend most of the time arguing. She spends a lot of time falling over at award ceremonies. And then, then at the far end, you've got the balmy one who's been in every soap under the sun. Who hasn't been with a man in a parody? Sherry Hewson, who's mad oh, as yeah, a brush. Oh, Sherry Hewson, yeah. I went out for lunch with her once, I told you, and, I mean, she's as mad in real... She's exactly the same. She was in Corrie. She was very rude on Come Dine, wasn't she? She's been in Corrie. Yeah. I think she's been in everything. Yeah. Every, just and about everything. Got Carol. Carol, yes. Yes. Well, she was moving to France, and now she's not moving to France. And to Thailand every other weekend. Yes. Well, she used to do holidays. Yes, you did. notice. She doesn't do the holidays she's so much now. She's got a big birthday coming up, as our Carol. What, 60? <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Six, you'd never guess. I hope she's not listening. She's <laughs> I know she another, is. <laughs> she's put another pin in that doll of you. She's got on her side. <laughs> she did, I did phone her a short while ago, actually, at Christmas. Wished her, wished her the compliments of the season. Did she give them back? Yes, yes, she phoned me. We always have a little, a little chat. Yeah, I see sort of do our yearly chat. She's great fun, actually. Yeah. And now, let me tell you about Alice in Wonderland. <gasps> Alice in Wonderland. It was wonderful. Did you like it? Well, everybody coming out of the cinema went, oh, thank God, that's over. It was so boring. They didn't like it, people in the cinema. Oh. But first, I must tell you. What, what, what was it about it that it was, they didn't like? I'm not so sure. I think it was because it was quite an intense film. It was beautifully shot. I mean, Tim Burton films are a bit strange. You know, Edward Scissorhands and yeah. they can all be a bit peculiar. But I thought it was great. I do think Johnny Depp looks like Madonna in it. And he does this do you thing. know, I'm not a Johnny Depp fan. They talked about him on the telly the other day going, in fact, Sherry Houston said, oh, Johnny Depp. She, all the women were in love with him. They love yeah. Johnny Depp, don't they? Not when they? he looks like Is this. Is that because long hair? I think it's because he's sort of interesting and different. He's a fantastic actor. He's a little bit androgynous, isn't he? Yes, he I is. I thought in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was androgynous. He was very yeah. androgynous. Yeah, it's a good word for him. I'm a little bit, a lot of people have said to me, he said, you've, you've got that look of Johnny Depp about you. They've said that it's to me. It's the long hair, Steve. Well, I know. Well, Dan has just said, I've been woken up by your talk of your long flowing hair. <laughs> he said, I'm still in shock and Danny is comforting me now. <laughs> it's those hundred strokes <laughs> to the left and a hundred to the right every single night in front of the mirror. I, do. I tell Ryan you, does. I used to have, if you saw early pictures of me, I had I've got long, in fact, if you go to the LBC website, there's early pictures of me with long hair. Long blonde hair. Long blonde hair yes. that week. But <laughs> I did have song? a Rod Stewart wig. It's lovely. It when was... your hair, long blonde hair and your eyes so blue. With your long blonde hair and your eyes so blue, the only thing I ever get from you is sorrow. Yes. Well, let's not <laughs> The say. Beverly Sisters live. Anyway, oh, the text system will be up and running in a minute. Fabulous. Let me just tell you how much it costs to go and see Alice in Wonderland. Oh, right, yes. Before I do Where that. Where did you go? Well, first of all, Alan Rickman, as the voice of the caterpillar, yeah. is fantastic. Matt Lucas, as Tweedledum and Tweedledee, <laughs> is sensational. And Barbara Windsor is of course, Barbara fantastic Barbara. in that film. Her voice over the, the little dormouse is brilliant. And she's absolutely, it's really, really funny. She's actually got the funniest role in the whole film. But it is a beautiful, beautiful film. And it's in 3D. So, of course, you look like Roy Orbison the minute you sit down. And I have to wear my ordinary glasses under the big glasses. So then oh, you're right. constantly trying to keep them on Are your Are you face. short, long? I'm short-sighted. So see, I, I don't know I what I am. Like you can't that. see anything far anything away. Far away. So this is far away, it's a blur. Does that mean you're long-sighted, then? No, you're short-sighted. Oh, well, I'm long-sighted. You always, you can see. I can see everything close to me. I don't need it for computers. See, I can't see things. things close to me. I can see you. Unfortunately, I can see you. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, I can't see the producer. <laughs> How cool is Neither that? I. We were having a fitted yesterday with an electronic collar. We decided it's the way forward. As opposed to a tab. As tag. A tag. <laughs> she has been tagged. Uh, how much do you think it costs? To go to the cinema? Ah, uh, well, this this I can help you with. Uh, if you went West End, I'm assuming you probably paid £17? Well, in, it was in the Odeon in Muswell Hill, where I live, which is a beautiful... Oh, well, it'll be out-of-town cinema, so it's cheap. You think it's cheap, do you? Yeah. If you want the really comfy seat, the sofa-type seat... Sofa? It's a, a sofa for two. Yeah. 
and it's very comfy, all cushions and lovely. Right. Is that being at home? Cushions? Yeah, it's, it's fabulous. Not. I'm not joking. Really? A ticket for two for that yeah. was £32. Blimey. Hello? For the cinema? Yes, for an hour and 49 you, minutes. What do you actually get? You get nothing. You get a lovely comfy chair. Oh, right, OK. If you go for the premier seats, I think it's a pound less. And if you go for an ordinary seat, which is a normal... It's £10 each. That's £20. Wow. But I did Orange Wednesday, so it was only 10 so we got a half price. Right. But before that, I said, we'll go for something to eat because the film starts at quarter past eight. So I decided that I fancy fish and chips. So oh, God, I here went, we go. Here we go. So I, you know, I went to this restaurant in Muswell Hill, which has been there forever. It was voted the best fish and chip shop in the world or something. Yeah. Cool toffs. Lovely fish, I must admit. Lovely fish. Two pieces of cod, two po- one portion of chips between us. Okay, that will cost you... And a Coke... Oh, hang on. Oh, which one? I'm just standing up together. House wine, one glass, small, thimble size. Not like Oh, you were eating in, were you? Yeah, eating in. Oh, I'm right. Sit in the street. I'm sorry, I thought you mentioned paper, People so... People don't do that in Muslim Two cod, one chips. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. One glass of house wine and a Diet Coke. 25. <laughs> 34. 34 pounds? Mm. 34. No dessert, no starter, no tea, no coffee. Because I worked on the fish being nine pounds each, erring on the side that the fact you were eating in a restaurant, because you can get it in the fish and chip shop mm. for four. Four, th- three, three ninety nine round my way yeah. for fish and chips. 34 pounds. Good God. So that trip to the cinema was 50 odd quid. Good. To go to see Alice in Wonderland and have a bit of fish wow. and chips. Wow. That's a lot of money. That is a lot think? of money. That is a lot of money. The film was worth seeing, though. And yeah. in 3D, of course. Yeah. And they're advertising 3D televisions, which means we've got to go and buy new televisions and everything. I don't want to see Emmerdale in 3D, though, do you? Oh, bad enough watching it normal, I'm afraid. <laughs> bad enough watching normal. Uh, Vincent, uh, being sorted being sorted. I know a lot of Steve Allenites are getting very frustrated. It will be sorted, don't worry. I'm trying to get this a little bit shortly. Get, they, they've just put uh, in uh, Madame Two Swords in London, Robert Pattinson. Oh, no. Uh, they're, they're doing me next week, OK? I'll be, and you can come and touch. Okay? I think we should have you and all of us a bit at your feet. John, there's not enough wax in the world no. to make all of you. Why? There's just all enough of me? Yeah, well, you and, and all the other team. I was going to say, not just me. I mean, you and Paul Savory alone not is a small me. rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Little thin thing like me. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm the thinnest person on this programme. Oh, I wish I... Poor old Paul Savory. Somebody wrote in and said, I loved your uh, picture on uh, on the Steve Allen weekend in yeah. pictures on LBC. Because he hates it. Yes, he does hate it. He doesn't it. mind the picture of him taken on this side of the studio where you just see head and shoulders. The one where there's me and him together and you can see his tummy, he doesn't like at all. I said, but listen, it doesn't matter. People like that. It shows you're human. Yes, yeah, Or in your case, being. two humans. <laughs> Don't be so rude. No, I'm trying not to be rude. I'm trying to be careful. You're trying not to be rude. Well, it's coming up to Easter, and I think. Against your nature. I know. And actually, Robert Patterson, w- uh, at that thing, said that he thinks he's going to go deaf with all the girls screaming. Oh, what a way to go deaf, eh? What a way... To- I mean, I've suffered with it. I walk out this building, Steve, Steve! Well, luckily, they're on Zimmer frames and they can't catch me, so I'm all right. Throwing eggs. Yes. <laughs> Quarter past six. <laughs> News headlines, Sam Pittis. Morning, Steve. A report by MPs warns two passengers... I do laugh when you open up the newspapers and they've got Tess Daly, mirror-style columnist Tess Daly, shares her top picks from this season's new trends and reveals how to create the hair and makeup to match. <laughs> Two is a favour, Tess. We're not that stupid. I do Come like on. her, though. Oh, I know, but She's I mean... She's just... so pretty. She is ever so pretty, very pretty. But Simon I'll... Cowell has not signed a contract to present on television yet. Oh, we will do that. And over at Emmerdale, uh, Laurel, who's the vicar's wife, is going to push Sally Spode off the top of the uh, block of flats. Thank God for that. 
Because, I mean, frankly, the vicar and uh, Laurel are just two characters who drive me mad. Texts are nearly there. Nearly there. Bear with us. They're, they're getting there. My God, we'll have some catching up to do as well. And ghostly events on Justin Lee Collins' new chat show have spooked him. There's really no audience. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, I'm afraid. Sorry you, about that. I'll tell you what was good last night. Country House Rescue. I thought of you. I quite like... You know you nominate yourself for that programme. I haven't got Country House. Oh, right, have you not? No. Well, you can borrow mine. Could I? Yeah, Could I, I pretend? Mine. Yeah. Last night's one was really good. It was a grumpy old couple. Oh, they were very Oh, good. was that one who said, I'm not doing it or something? Or became Her name was silly. Flavia. Oh, dear. Philip and Flavia. And they'd been in their family for years, and it was originally part of the Industrial Revolution, and their family had bought the house, and it was Victorian. Beautiful, beautiful house mm. with gorgeous grounds. And she had two unmarried sons in their 40s. Oh, yeah. And one of them wanted to take over the house and run it as a kind of, you know, do corporate events. Corporate events are the way forward because then Absolutely. people come in, you get outside caterers for the day, mm. don't have to worry about people sleeping over, it's fantastic. And there was a woman who's presenting it and she goes in, uh, she looked like Jackie Kimball actually. Oh, Excuse right. me, sorry about that. We, we, Jackie Kimball's Sorry, a friend, Jackie. It's a friend of ours. Yeah. We love Jackie. No, that's what I mean, but She's it wasn't fabulous. her. No, it wasn't. No. But she was very like Jackie Kimball. Same blonde bob hair. And she goes in and sort of says, look, you know, you're being silly. You're trying to sell this house. Nobody's trying to buy it. You can't run it. This is the way forward. Why don't you give your son a chance? And their pa his parents were... Well, the mother was having none of it. She said, no, I hate this house. I've never liked it. Never wanted to live here. We've got a very nice house down the road, which is beautiful. I don't want to live in this big house. Oh. We just get rid of it. It's a pain in the neck. Oh. And the son was going... But I'm the last person, you know. I'm the, the the next in line, and I should inherit it, and I'm going to do this with it. He wasn't the brightest boy you've no. ever met, which was his father's concern. No. He kept saying, he's not very good, you know. He's not very organised. But oh. the house was stunning. Anyway, he did a wedding, and he did a kind of a corporate dinner party, and he was a bit sort of, you know, immature. But I think he could make it. I'd yeah. like to see what happens next. Yes, I, I like things like that. Sharon Osbourne had a bit of a queenie fit on television. Really? It was during uh, a comedy roast show. What it's being shown on, I've got no idea. Probably MTV. And um, she was furious about Patrick Kilty's jibes about her daughter Amy. Because you know that there are the Osbournes, there's the Barmy Osbournes, and then there's Amy, who doesn't want anything to do with the TV show. She's not no. interested. She was in Vagina monolo Monologues, actually. Yes, she did do that. I think yeah. they both did it. I think her and Sharon. But anyway, uh, Patrick Kilty told guests at this gala, dedicated to Sharon, that Amy was a credit to the Filipino nannies who raised her, unlike the rest of the yeah. family. And it went downhill from that. Uh, she refused to appear on the show, The Osbournes. Kilty says, Amy, been on TV once. Who could forget her appearance on The Jeremy Kyle Show when she desperately took a DNA test to try and prove you weren't her real mother? <laughs> Got worse. <laughs> and he then quipped, she's the only child in Hollywood who's tried to adopt African parents. <laughs> well, by this time, Sharon Osbourne had had enough. <laughs> so she picked up a glass of water and used her foot word and threw it all over him. She, she does that. She's a bit of a drama queen, I'm afraid. The truth of the matter is, she's so desperate for attention and she's so worried that, you know, the it's family... It's so funny. Are, it is quite funny. Yeah. I'd have been laughing at it. I remember the way. time she was on television. She was quite clearly... She'd had a few sherbets before the show and she, she was she's just... And she was trying to pull herself back together again, but it just wasn't happening. And everybody around her knew it was going on and there were pieces in the paper that, that were saying she quite clearly had a couple of sherbets in hospitality and she wasn't coping with it very well because there's only but I'll tell you, John will tell you, that the older you get, you know, you've only got to have yeah. two Vimto's now. And, I mean, frankly, you are on the floor, aren't you? In fact, this hot chocolate's going, you know, affecting me quite Do you know, badly. we had a hot chocolate. We went to, where did I go, the Tower of London, age, about a year ago. Mm. Darren and I went there, because we're a member, and they have a, a booth, 
and they do Cadbury's hot chocolate. Lovely. With sprinkles and little marshmallows. Oh. Oh, my, I mean, sends your blood sugar through the roof, but worth Absolutely. it. Worth it once. And I had this hot chocolate, which was thick mm. and proper really chocolate. proper chocolate. And then, then they put the little marshmallows, little tiny marshmallows yeah, on the chocolate. Oh, dear me, honestly. Frankly, I couldn't care less about anything else in life. That was the thing. That, that was the ultimate. That was the ultimate. The ultimate moving thing. Oh, you know, I always drink it when I'm here. I've but had a couple. I had to have one when I went under a few days ago. But that was <laughs> well, that quite normal. Talking about Sharon Osbourne and X Factor. There's an interesting story in, in uh, last night's paper about the X Factor house. Now, this year's yeah. X Factor house. It's just the, the last series. That house, which was in Golders Green, mm. remember all the furore with the woman from the was it the Jap- the Chinese embassy yes. who lived next door? Who said, "Come on, we can't get out of our house because of the Jedwood fans that yeah. are there." Well, they put that house back on the market, and it, it was originally up before the X Factor took it over for six point two five million. And the people thought, "Well, we're not selling it, you know. Let's give it to the X Factor, rent it out to them." They they had it for the ten twelve weeks, little things, and now it's gone back on the market for five point six five million. I've looked at it though. Pound less. Yeah, it, it's a lot of money for for that, isn't it? It depends. 6,000 square foot of property. Is that... West Heath Avenue. It's got a gym, a suspended walkway from the kitchen out onto a landscape garden, mm. and a fingerprint entry system. Not sure about that, Oh, you, you can get those anywhere. They're not that expensive. What it does, you, you do your fingerprint, yeah. and then when you go to the front... So, in other words, your neighbours come round, and they're going, okay, and you can't get in. But do you have a key as well? Well, I think so. I hope so. Because well, someone can't get in your house, can yeah, you? Yeah, because anyone could get in, couldn't they? Have you noticed they're all doing farewell tours? Mick Hucknall is doing a farewell tour. Aha! Are doing a farewell tour. And there's things that ABBA might come back for a, a new generation. Oh, no, it'll never happen. With a reunion hint. Oh, never. Well, no, it is. No. The whole article. Yeah, well, uh, Agnetha wouldn't do it, would she? She refused to come out yeah, to anything. Yeah, she didn't come out to anything she's at a all. She's Perhaps you could just have three of them. She's 59, you know. Yeah. No, Fre- Frida's. No, no, no. That's Anthea. Anthea. Ag- Agnetha yeah. is the blonde one. She's uh, Fr- Frida's been out before. Yes, she has. Yeah. Shame that, isn't it? But, I mean, I, I don't think you need to... But they're all touring at the moment. I mean, looking through here, you've got Jean-Michel Jarre, oh, Jeff him. Beck, Paul Weller. Do you know, I never got Paul Weller. In a million... I was offered an interview with Paul Weller years ago. Star. I know, he's sort of a... Um, and this, I did a book on him once, and I said to this guy, are you a fan? And he said, oh, yeah. And you could tell because it was written... Written mm. that way. Boys own a touring, of course. Yes, they are. Ray Davis, Ocean Colour Scene. We like scene. Ray Davis. We do like that. Kings. Michael Bolton. Uh, Don McLean. Isn't it Don McLean? Don McLean. McLean's is toothpaste. Yeah, McLean. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Didn't you sing the song about Van Gogh? Long, long time ago, I can still remember... Was that that Cut was an, no that was Miss America Bob. He did do one about Van Gogh. Yes, he did do one about yeah. Van Gogh. There yes, I can't remember what it was Van called. Gogh. Was it called the Van Gogh song? <laughs> no, I don't. Paint think... your palette blue and grey. Wakes up on a summer's day yeah, with eyes a twinkle. And, oh. It's a lovely song. The text is still not working. I'm trying no. to do my best for you. But the emails are, are they? Yeah, the emails are working, oh, which is good. good. Uh, Frankie Boyle is talking today about the jailer singer Marvin Humes trying to impress his girlfriend by making some pasta, but unfortunately didn't know how to cook it. I mean, I thought past you just put in salted water, don't you? I mean, a little I don't, olive oil. Yeah. Even, even Dimbo Me can manage that. But apparently Marvin's girlfriend <clears throat> is a member of the Saturdays. Yes. And he says here, so they've both got a lot in common. They both go out with someone who they think is more talented than they are. And they're both wrong, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Which I quite like. I quite like. And, um, 
drinkers have been hard hit by the 10% rise in the price of strong lager. I say drinkers, he said, I mean tramps. Because, let's face it, nobody else goes, when did you buy cider last? I don't like cider. The only people who drink cider, ladies and gentlemen, are students. Yes, they do. They go out and they go, uh, snake bite, please. And they go, we're not selling you a snake bite. (laughs) Okay, I'll have some lager and some cider, Why won't they sell it? it Because people get too drunk too quickly. And it's a cheap drink for students because they've got no money. You can get all those nice ciders, can't you? Like pear cider and raspberry cider. Do you remember pear drops? Was it... I drink cider when I dry. I drink cider when I dry. Is that pear drops? I think it was pear drops. I think it was like a pear cider, I'm sure. What was the main size? Strongbow? No. That's a cider, um, wasn't it? Yeah, strong, yeah Strongbow's yeah, a cider. The arrow. <laughs> With the arrows. And it hits dun, 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 Yeah. I like cider, though. I never did cider. Oof. I just, I, I thought, I quite like apple juice. But I wasn't sure of what... <laughs> Can't beat a sweet sherry. <laughs> you, you know, given the choice, ladies and gentlemen, you can't beat a sweet sherry you and a rich tea biscuit. You can't. With a small slither of cheese, no marmite. No, marmite cheese is on... good for. I'm I'm doing that on a regular basis. I'm cheese afraid. on um, on digestive biscuits, lovely. Oh, somebody else told me about that. Oh, no, it's beautiful. That's like yeah. eating coconut matting. Nice mature cheddar, extra strong. No, don't do extra Wales. strong. I quite like cathedral. Have you tried cathedral? That's not bad. But the other one was Cracker Barrel. Do you remember James Cracker Barrel. Justice? Do you know, I used to love cra- used Cracker Used to get it, and, used to f- and then you'd open it up and then sort of black. take a little slice off. It was a black wrapper. And a red wrapper. No, rapper. red, red wrapper. black, but they'll do a black one as well. How love, do you know, che- it's very bad for you. What, cheese? Really fattening. I know A friend it of is. mine, and you know her as well, yes. used to love cheese and crackers for going to bed every night. You and you can just put on a ton of weight. You can, yes. I used to get rich crackers, bit of cheese, and then a squirt... Of um, Branston pickle on the tube. <laughs> Small wonder with the way we are at the moment, Sounds ladies and gentlemen. That. Terrible. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this um, security guard who was playing football with what with what he thought was a chicken drumstick. It turned out to be the thumb of a kidnapped victim that oh. had been picked up by a bird and uh, dropped in the car park. It wasn't until he actually looked at it he realised what it was. LBC nine. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7 is the time. Don't forget, I'll remind you again, clocks go forward on Sunday morning, but my show goes backwards, which means that the knock-on effect throughout the days, all the shows are back one hour. I start at 7, Andrew Pearce starts at 10. So uh, do not forget that Sunday. So remember, when you go to bed, put the clocks forward. No more profit for Sam Pittis, I'm afraid. Oh, no. This is the deciding factor. Well, you see, the 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 as with... All people, Sam. Mm. I don't want to say I told you so, but you have two winners, and then you get complacent. Well, it wasn't complacency, but I just thought I should see it through. I had two winners, I had two fails, and today was going to be this, the decider whether I finally go each way. Yes, well, Lady Bling Bling, mm. out of 11 runners, yours came in fourth. Lovely well, again, name, Yes, yeah, so you lost two pounds. You're now in the loss. Right. One pound fifty-three, whereas Alex is the snail, one at six to four, mm. gave him a profit of three pounds, his total profit, 1995. Now, this weekend, I don't know if you know, sees the start of the flat turf season at Doncaster and the Dubai World Cup, which oh, yeah, is the I'm world's all, I'm all richest. Across it, Steve. All across it, I know. Across it, I know, I know you are, Sam. I mean, I, I have faith. Over six million pounds up for grabs. Right. So it's, it's worth winning. But today we're off to Newbury. Yeah. Which I know very well. The 515 at Newbury. Lord Singer, win only. Okay. And in the Pittis stable... Well, we're also going for Newbury, uh, the five past four, and uh, Sir Kesbar, not Kasbar, Sir Kesbar. Sir Kesbar. 
Oh, I should probably go each way, I suppose, shouldn't I? Well, it, uh, this, I, I, I couldn't twist your arm on it. It's entirely up to you. I don't want you to come moaning to me later that you tried it each way and you didn't, you know, it didn't work for you. I'm so... going to go each way. I'm going to go each way uh, mm-hmm. and, and see how we go. Um, okay. But I think we finally completed our song, though, for the end of the week. If you remember, Boom Shakalaka, yes. Lady Bling Bling, and now Sir Kesbar. No, it wasn't Boom Shakalaka. What was it? Was Shakalaka Boom Boom. Oh, of course, you remember. I'm glad that you remember, <laughs> Steve. I'm glad that you've got all this noted down. I was no, doing no, it for I memory, just remember. But, oh, well, well done. Still, <laughs> It, it makes an equally good song. It absolutely does. But unfortunately for you, no porridge for the weekend, no. so... I should just say, uh, we've got five race meetings. Apart from uh, Newbury, uh, we're over the jumps also at Carlisle in Sedgefield and uh, on the flat at Lingfield and Wolverhampton. Lovely. Well, listen, have a very nice weekend. And you. And, and I hope that uh, come Monday morning, we're in the position to go, Sam, here is your porridge. Back in the black. Back in the black again. All right, have a good weekend. And you, cheers. Take care, bye. Uh, Sam has Pitters. to be the, uh, the, the, the fastest person to go each way. Yes, I mean, sometimes it has taken me a long racing. while to convince people. I've yeah. waited years. John Cushing to... never did it. John Cushing never went... A, a couple of times he went each way. Did he? And strange, he liked it. Really? He did like it. Phil Blacker never. tried it a few... No, he, he did try it a couple of... And again, put a smile on his face and a shilling in his pocket. And, uh, and some people just go, no, 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 I don't want to do it. And yet, here we go with Sam Pittis within, within two weeks. Yes. Amazing. I'm impressed. But he, he should have done it because he's had a second, a third and a fourth. And he could have had... It doesn't matter how much money it is. It's the fact that he could have had a bit of money. Yes, and he would have had a bit of money. He would have had a little bit in his pocket. Nick Ferrari this morning at seven. Don't forget... Clocks go forward next week, just in case, otherwise you'll get very confused. They're talking about the uh, rail workers taking four days of strike action immediately after Easter. And Nick asked the uh, pertinent question, is it really necessary? The answer is, no, it's not. Who is the rail firm has just gone bust? Was it Jarvis? Yes. They've just gone into administration. Bob Crow will be arguing the proposed cuts to render the National Rail Network unsafe. Do you believe him? David Cameron, who's called in Margaret Thatcher's favourite advertising men to shore up the election campaign. And... Uh, Will, uh, will man see Saatchi help the Tories will win the election? Who knows? Andy Heyman's looking at the papers. They're talking about the, uh, the strike, as I say, the good campaign. And will we have a zero traffic hour in London? I don't know what a zero traffic hour Wonderful. is. What's that? They have them in cities all over Europe. What is it? Rome, Florence, where there is a, an, a whole hour when yeah. there is no traffic in the centre of the city. Really? In fact, in most cities in Europe, uh, the big cities, they have, in all the tourist areas, so, for example, this area... Trafalgar Square, the Mall, all of that. Yeah. No traffic on a Sunday. Yeah, but they've already blocked off Trafalgar Square at the back. You used to better drive along the back of Trafalgar Square. That's now pedestrianised. Yes, it's much better, though, isn't it? Is it? Well, yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was more fun to drive through the square when the pedestrians were scattering in front of the car. I thought that was Put fairly entertaining. Put a tourist every 17 right. seconds. Yes, exactly. If you manage to get them where they're holding the umbrella above their head, I mean, that's bonus points. With a map in there. With the map. A damp map. And over here is the... Run! <laughs> There's a <laughs> Bentley coming through. <laughs> it's that lunatic again. <laughs> But, I mean, I think we get a pretty bum deal in London as regards traffic. They're either digging up the road. Yesterday, day before yesterday, on this back road here, just by the Hippodrome, they're digging the road up so they've got traffic lights in. So this two-way, very busy piece of Mm. road comes down to one lane, so it backs up, clogs up the rest of London, and when are they doing it? At seven o'clock in the blooming morning. Yes, and at five o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, that is still gridlock because all the buses pull yes, up there. Yeah. They take up all the space and you can't pass them. But you've got to say that the biggest thing is potholes. There is a They pot can't hole. afford to do them. Well, I, well, I'm sorry. What are we paying all that road tax for? Well, they're, they're, well it's, it's not getting to the, uh, there the right people. There is a pothole in Pembroke Road in Muswell Hill. Not a pothole in Pembroke Road. A pothole in Pembroke Road, which makes the Grand Canyon... Uh, Look like a hole you've dug in the back. Worst thing is, when your car falls into them, I'm all right because I've got big tyres. But some little people, 
fall in there. Maybe My Auntie Enid could take her, she, she's got one of those three wheel things. She could fall in and not be seen again. Absolutely. Disappear. Like Alice in Wonderland. It would be. Through the hole. <laughs> With nothing to drink at the bottom. <laughs> but they are bad, and they are everywhere. Terrible. We've got a lot of humps up in Muswell Hill where we live, because they think we drive fast. And the pit potholes are even at the side of the hump. So as you try and go yeah. over it, your wheels sort of get stuck. Yes. I mean, that's in a big Saab, not in this micro. Ridiculous. Can I just warn you as well, if you're a hairdresser, and you're transporting liquids like perming lotion and anything like that, and you think you're going to light up in your car... Can I just say, don't? Was a young lady, she's in the paper today, she got blown up in her car really? because the tops on the bottle were not secure. Mm. So the fumes got out. Because you know, if you start working with perming lotion and stuff like yeah. that, the fumes. And so peroxide. She sparked up in the car, boom, well, it she went lit up. She a cigarette. She lit a cigarette. And it, went, and it blew her Yes. Up. And her father, who I think is a, is a retired or is an on call fireman, said, can we just remind people to check? You don't transport these liquids in cars unless you've checked the top of them. And if it's anything, it's like sitting there with a petrol can in the front of your car, which some people did years ago, and then you go, I think I'll have a cigarette. And you wonder why there is the danger, and people go, don't do it. And of course, people don't do petrol, car, petrol cans in the side of the seat. Not supposed the to. Because they can't afford it. Yeah. Petrol's too expensive. Hannah Waterman is facing up to the future after dumping Ricky Groves, boosted by a facelift. To be honest with you, we thought she looked dreadful after the facelift. She went, remember she went all, all thin and... Who are you talking about? Han Hannah Gr She's had a facelift now. She's gone in for a facelift uh, whilst on a production of The Calendar Girls. She was in EastEnders. Wasn't she in EastEnders? Yeah, she was in EastEnders. Um, uh, he, he blamed her three-stone weight loss for their split, saying she was obsessed with shedding the pounds. And uh, she's now been to an anti-ageing expert at this clinic in Cheshire. Uh, there's no scarring, no stitching, no general anaesthetic. It's bombarded the skin with radio frequency energy, which it's a load of old. Do you know what? You can flog stuff to women, left, right, and centre. I could get the hairdryer out, <laughs> paint it with glitter, and then go. This is a special thing. I'm just going to one. Do you feel your face warming up a little bit? It is. When we get, you know, it, I'm sure it's warming up. <laughs> <laughs> it is mad. Isn't it is it? the things you can persuade people to do well, nowadays. I mean, in the in the desert, look at Jordan in that program, Botox, yeah. and the man sticks a needle. Into the middle between her, well, and I'm it. thinking, are you mad? But in last night's one, she was saying, do you know what? My face doesn't feel as firm as it was before. I think I might have to go to the friend. You know the mate that she had the Botox oh, with? Ridiculous. And she said, look, Kate, she said, it's nice to have a bit of elasticity. Should not me. Should not me. I want to look as fake as possible. Well, that, well she's she achieved it. She doesn't need to have Botox to look fake. And also, <laughs> she's got such bad skin. I, w I want to see her makeup cleansing routine, because as far as I can see at the moment, she's got such awful skin underneath all this troweled-on stuff. In fact, she described herself as a drag queen, didn't she, mm. a couple of weeks ago. But the Botox with the needle that goes... Oh, must be madness. And, you know, it's not cheap, you know. It's 500 quid, that. Yes. Well, you have so many areas for so much money, well, don't you? Yeah, well, you can do as many... But then you have... It only lasts, I think, two or three months, or a yeah. month, or whatever so you have to go back again yeah i think we should try it once do you no i don't you don't think we should no because my once. bank manager threatened to close the account down if i uh well, we she said for something i else. could tell it for something else Just you're right actually she owes me a favor <laughs> but you're but you're right no she said to me she said if you go for because i thought i'd like to try it to see what it's like what, both just, yeah, just to sit. But then I'm thinking... You can't just do it once. I don't think I want to have somebody injecting a needle into the side of my eye, thank you very much indeed. And it is poison. It is. It's rat poison. It's yes. a, whatever it is, it's a poison that it's freezes nasty. the skin. I mean, but I mean, I don't have muscle, any wrinkles. No, you don't, actually. Um, luckily, for 39, have it's no wrinkles amazing. at all. I've got a few bit of crow's feet going Yeah. On. But I think that's okay, isn't it? I'd, 
Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, is it OK for you? Are you happy with it? No, I don't look at myself. I haven't looked at myself for five years. Really? I don't even know what I look I like. I spent all my time... The car mirror, the wing mirrors on nope. the car... I don't even look at myself to shave. I, I wake up in the morning, I've got a mirror over the bed, I, I lie there thinking, I don't know, does it look better if I was sitting at... Of course I've got a mirror over the bed, Amanda. Don't be <laughs> silly. I'm a sex god. <laughs> he lives in the Burj Al Arab. I mean, I see no reason. Dubai. I mean, it's, it's not for any reason, apart from the fact that I, it just makes the room look bigger. So I've got the it mirror... Makes you look bigger. Makes me look bigger. And you look younger when you're lying flat on your back. A lot of people in the paper <laughs> talking about Kim Marsh. Kim Marsh, you remember a short one who I'm bored witless with, who's quite clearly started believing the publicity. She saw a dog on this morning, a rescue dog, and decided she wanted it. Mm. So she's had it a few weeks, given it away, because, oh. you know, it's too much trouble. And somebody wrote to the paper and said she, she's given it away because it was too much trouble. Did she expect an animal that had such a bad, that had had such a bad start in life was going to be a walk in the park? I totally agree. Another shameful celebrity, I'm afraid, who seems to think we'll, we'll, we'll do something like this, and then they go, oh, I can't be bothered. It's Just give what, it away. Probably what the poor thing wanted. Jerry Halliwell. The, park. A, the dog that never walked, stuck under her arm or in a basket, and she walked around town with like a, a stupid woman. These people, you know, I, I wish the RSPCA had <laughs> stopped people who walk around with dogs under their blooming arms. They're dogs! It's very French, though, isn't it? Zazaka oh, well, ordered it. Well, we saw dogs in windows, didn't we? Yes. Oh, those puppies. Pet <gasps> shop window divided in a... up into little... The window was divided. And it was hot in and there. And in each little compartment was a dog. Oh, they were lovely dogs, weren't they? But, but that, remember the heat? Yeah. It was quite warm, wasn't it? That Very night? warm. Very yeah, warm. And it didn't have any air. It's a nice little story in today's paper. I had to take a break. Oh, really? Yeah. Should we do it afterwards? Might do. Also, I'm going to tell you, you that the good do. news is that old men are not grumpy. Unless, of course, if you've listened to LBC, Steve Allen's early breakfast show. <laughs> but I'm not so much grumpy, just been in a bad mood for 30 years. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. A group of MPs says two passengers are having to put up... E97.3. Good news, techs are working. Typical, isn't it? Ten to seven in the morning, techs uh, are working now. How are going to get through them? Well, I'm not, actually. Um, Steve, lovely to hear the, uh, you, you and your lovely guest too. But apparently the young man in Emmerdale last night beat up Paddy. I think so too. I mean, well, I can't, can't commend somebody for beating up Paddy, but frankly a man who's stuck his nose into somebody else's business, bad enough going through what he's going through in a village which is quite clearly going to retaliate against him. And then you've got Paddy the vet who's interfering. I know it's only a soap. It's calmed <laughs> down, dear. It's but... only a soap. <laughs> Have you watched the Michael Winner programme? No, no, I read something about it the other day that ITV were thinking of, of cancelling it. It's ever so funny. He's is ever funny? so funny. He is funny. Yeah, very, very yeah. funny. It's quite rude. I love the way it goes into people's houses. It goes, now, what are you cooking, dear? And what's that over there? <laughs> it's a bit like who lives in this he house. He is a character. He is very funny. Can I show you something? Because you're really good Must at things you? like that. Yes. A bit early in the morning. Look at this. Okay, this is very bad it. radio, but I'm going to yeah. show Stephen a text I received. Oh, Lord. Which I thought was very bizarre. Really? And t can I read it out? Yes. You can do what you like. Yeah. Register for my Barclay card to manage your account online today. Why would I get that? I don't know. Why would they text me that? I don't know. Are what? you with Barclay? Well, I have a Barclay card, yeah, right. but why would they use my... Why would they send me I'm a I'm a little text? bit worried that the website is barclaycard.co.uk forward slash register. I mean, I th it could be anything, actually. Could be anything could at be all. anything. So they want me... They're going to go on there and I'm going to put in all my details. Yeah. Not. Not. Don't. If you get one, don't. I mean, you know, I've always been told that the banks do not contact you like that. No, and also it says, to opt out, text certain yeah, words. Yeah, no, this. no, no. I'm not doing that. Don't. Don't, because it's going to cost you money. Shall I just get rid of it? Yes. Delete. 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 Okay. I tell you, deleting, I'm a little bit worried. I woke up to the news this morning that apparently they've sold Camelot to the Canadians. 
Yes. I'm sorry, I thought this was a British company. It's got to go through the, the regulator. But Camelot, that turns over millions upon millions upon millions, has been sold for only 390 million. This is Camelot. I mean, yeah, I dread only, to imagine how much this thing must, must generate. You're only as good as your profit, not your turnover. But even so, this thing is huge from day one. It has been hugely profitable. And only 390 million. I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot of money but to something that is absolutely a licence to print money. I was, and, also, and to the Canadians. I don't want the Canadians having it. It's, it's British. They've got our Queen. Sorry? They've got the Queen. They've bought her as well. <laughs> They've got a slice of her. They don't want to give her back. They like the Queen. But I don't, we flog is, all this stuff. It's it, dreadful. Isn't Camelot a charitable organisation? All that money is allotted to... Allotted. It's a good word for a lottery company. But I wonder whether or not, if it's owned by the Canadians, and it's a school investment fund, isn't it? I believe. Yes, or something. It it's, it's a pension. A, a teacher's pension, pension plan. Yes. So they buy it. Does that mean... Does that mean that they don't have to do what Camelot did before... In other words, they don't have to give money to good causes and do what they like with it, because it's out the country. No, they can't. They won't have control well, over that's it. What worries you know me. what they've built that for, don't you? The turnover. Wait, that's what the I'm money. saying. The turnover is phenomenal. Yes. Well, you see, if they're paying out pensions, if it's for a pension fund, they've bought that. My uncle was still alive. He was a teacher in Canada. He was. Yeah. He was in Toronto, wasn't he? Mont- uh, Montreal? I can't remember. He died, though, sadly. Came over to this country and hadn't had a family reunion for ages and ages. Goes back home and then drops dead, almost as if it was fate that something inside him went go back home for the last time and see everybody. He was very fit, played football, did mm. everything. You Goes back know. home and then drops dead on the football pitch. You never know, do you? Old men are not grumpy. Why Thank not? God for that. Why well, they're just are. not, apparently. Well, apparently, researchers asked groups of 19 <laughs> to 31-year-olds and 61 to 80-year-olds to look at sets of photographs whilst undergoing brain scans. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, the older men weren't, weren't as grumpy as the younger ones. See? Told you. So we're all right, then? We're all right. Well, we're only middle-aged. Early middle-aged. No, right? we're not middle-aged. I'm only middle-aged when I'm going to live to 112. So quite but clearly, I'm not... Sorry? So 78. Oh, yeah, yeah, 39. Hello? Double OK, it. yeah, all right. It's not the weather. All Double right, it, OK, yeah, fine, let's move on to something else quickly. Yes, OK, here's a nice little story <laughs> for you. Now, this is something we've both <laughs> seen. Well, I think you saw it. I think you did. You should have done. What is it? In Copenhagen, Denmark's Little Mermaid. Richard, yes, I did. Richard Hakeus said, I want to go to, to Copenhagen. I said, don't bother. Why? It's lovely. Boring place in the oh, sun. it's not All boring. it's got is the Tivoli Gardens. It's a lovely. Everybody's attractive. It's got wonderful okay. bars, lovely nightlife. Everyone's attractive. Yeah. Everybody's smart. You can go and sit by a canal. It's very beautiful. And eat food. Anyway, the Mer- Little Mermaid statue yeah. has left Copenhagen Harbour oh. and started a journey to Shanghai. What, she on loan? <laughs> She's the very, very, very first time. Oh, right. Well, it's the first trip abroad in its 96-year history. Oh. It's only five foot, 1.5 metres. I didn't metres. know you could just uplift it and shunt it abroad. It's on a rock, isn't it? Is it? And it's going to open World Expo in Shanghai. Oh, that's nice. Which is, uh, it starts on the first of May. It's a lovely picture. Nice so taking it away from the being hoisted up. Oh. On pulleys. I have to be honest, it's <clears throat> not, not that exciting, I'm afraid. Well, it's nice. Little mermaid. <laughs> Well, of course it is. <laughs> and half the statues around London. Yeah, but at least our statues are big. <clears throat> you know, you come over here and they go, Nelson's Column. If it turned out to be two inches tall, stuck on the top of it, you go, it's pathetic, isn't it? But ours is huge. You go to the Little Mermaid, you go, is that it? And it's quite a trek out And the mannequin, town, what's it one as well, yeah. that one. That's... Well, it is actually just there for, for Hans Christian Andersen, wasn't it? Who wrote all those wonderful fairy stories. Yes. Yes, Hans it's lovely. Christian... Yes, th- this hairdresser, Jenny yeah. Mitchell, um... This bleach exploded in the car. Killed her. Was it... Was it... Well, it... 
Should have been in a sealed box. Well, it? I mean, they say here she'd have had hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide. We knew Jenny smoked, and it was a bit of a family joke that we didn't let her smoke in the house. So she gets in the car with hydrogen peroxide. Mm. Boom. Which is very, very Goes flammable. up. Very, very... De- and that's for hairdressers everywhere who... Mobile hairdressers especially who go out. Thank you very much indeed, John. My pleasure. And uh, maybe see you later. Yeah, maybe see me later. Maybe see you later. That'd be quite get nice. Myself back down. Yes, go home and have a little have a little rest. Yes, which would be quite nice. Do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that Sunday morning LBC we go forward an hour as we fall forward as the clocks go forward. So you lose an hour, but uh, the breakfast show and subsequently all the other programmes go back an hour. So as opposed to starting at eight till eleven, we start at seven on Sunday morning. Seven for the weekend breakfast show. So we shall tell all the guests to come in at the right time. If you go to the LBC website, you can podcast. They might not be fully working at the moment. There are bits of them, but rest assured, we will at some point get them all up together and you will not miss out, I promise you. So uh, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. All the pictures on there of the week of LBC photos. Record number of hits. You've become quite obsessive about them. There's some coming through of your day out last week. Oh, really? They're coming through today. Oh, my Lord. That's all we need. (laughs) Anyway, I'm back with you on Sunday morning. Nick's with you at seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 49 points at 